0: Thank you and welcome everybody to this week's episode of the RevOps Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Henderson, and I'm joined today by Jonathan and Brandon. If you guys want to do a quick intro. I am the other host
1: of the podcast, Brandon (laughs) Redinger.
0: You're not the other host. You're
2: not the other host. I am too. I'm the other, other host of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The assistant to the assistant regional manager. (laughs) Exactly.
0: I I will say we... We recorded, uh, Brandon and I recorded an episode. Sorry, Jonathan, we totally excluded you from it. We recorded an episode with uh, Chrissy Saunders of, of CS2 Marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for mm-hmm. their podcast it was Brandon and I and Chrissy and she properly introduced us as me being the host and Brandon being the co-host or guest she, I believe no she she completely left
1: me out she's just like Jordan's the oh, host she
0: totally screwed you on it yeah. yeah and then Brandon and was my favorite thing. I was like, yeah exactly I was Brandon's
1: like, well, Brandon, I
2: like
0: Jordan's the host and like Brand, and, and Brandon's here too so like
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's how we should introduce was so him for now on
0: just like <laughs> guys I'm joined today by Jonathan and also I guess Brandon's here too that one guy. Um,
2: that
0: other uh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, today we're gonna talk about something that's kind of fun. We, we've, you know, the past. Uh, We've talked a lot about all the metrics you should use, all the different pieces of the, the revenue operation you should be looking at, the, the data you should use to analyze them, how you should fix problems, doing a lot of that stuff. We've had a lot of guests. We're going to be segueing into, I think, a stretch here where we have a lot more guests and do more sort of like case study specific examples of revenue operations in the, in the wild doing its thing. Ooh. People like guests, um, yeah, yeah. Guests will be good. We got yeah. some guests lined up. You know, I'm working, I'm working on. We got some it. good ones. On we got some good um, ones coming up. We do, we do have some good ones coming up. Um, but we talk a lot about this stuff. One, one thing we've never really touched on, and, and interesting enough, I gave a presentation on this uh, probably five or six months ago, and it was easily the most well attended presentation I've given. And, and now the the ebook coming out of that is is the most popular ebook downloaded for like a quarter from us. So sort of fascinating topic that that would I think be super helpful to everybody is evaluating sales technology, just evaluating technology in general, right? How do we evaluate technology? And it's 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 a dense topic because they, like there's what are they like fifteen thousand <laughs> marketing software technologies, like five thousand <laughs> sales software technologies. CS is lagging. Anybody out there you want to make a technology? Make it for CS. <laughs>
1: I mean, more opportunity on. there. Yeah,
0: Let, let's let's, support, let's support our you know fellow compatriots in CS a little bit with some software. Yeah. Um, they have like
2: five tools compared to marketing's like fifty thousand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and uh, and I want to. By the way, I want to cl- clarify before we sort of dive into this is, is that when we're talking about evaluating like the technology, we're talking about evaluating software as a service technologies. I'm not actually talking about anything else than that, because I think this is a very important nuance. What I evaluate, if we value something that's not software as a service, actually just the software you're buying and you own in perpetuity, it's a totally different evaluation cycle than, than what you're looking at when you're looking at software as a service. And there's some reasons for that, one of them being software as a service, long-term, probably a lot more expensive for your business. But um, just want to clarify before we sort of dive into that. There's This is a, a SaaS-specific, SaaS and I wanted to use software as a service. Um,
2: Dare I say, all, sassy? <laughs> oh, that oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was no amount of pod that was going to make that joke. <laughs> it just wasn't. So. That was just, that's when you, that's when you're doing stand-up and you're like, come on guys. That was a good joke. say it. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, yeah, the It's their fault. They're not laughing at that. Yeah, it's not, yeah. not, that was a bad joke. Uh, anyways, so Damn. where do you start? Where do you start? So I, I want to hear from you guys. Say you're, you're like, where do you start
1: when you're evaluating technology?
2: Start with what you need. Figure out your business needs.
1: Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. That, that, that is the biggest thing is like, why are we even evaluating this, this technology? I, I think we might have mentioned it in the past, but I think there are a lot of instances where you're, someone from the executive team goes, we need to be doing this one thing, or we, we should have this technology. And then everyone's like, uh, uh, okay, let, let, let's let's go buy something. It's like, D- wait, do we really even need this in the first place? What's the business problem that this is solving? And be crystal clear on that first, before actually even doing any sort of trials or any sort of any sort of evaluation at all, right? Like, do we need this? Brandon, I
0: totally agree. Like, I think the first question you have to ask is, do we actually need a software product to solve this problem, right? Right. Because I think too often, and Jonathan Stevens will disagree with me, because he believes you should have a software product
2: <laughs> for everything. every
0: problem. This is actually an intervention episode for Jonathan.
1: That's what this is. I,
0: I have a legitimate, it, it is minorly, I have a legitimate list of tools Jonathan has requested and it grows <laughs> constantly. I was,
1: yeah, I was, I was six, talking with her our... in the last four
0: months. Yeah. Six products in the last four months. He's like, we really need this. This is the biggest problem we face today. And then he sends me a product and it's a new product every I, I, was,
1: I was talking with our CMO the other day, William, and I was, I was like, William, I, th- I actually really like this software, and he's like, Yeah, Jonathan already pitched it to me. And I was like, Oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not surprised.
0: But, but like, that, that's the biggest thing, right? Is, is, is do we actually need this? Is this bo- yeah. both from a can we solve this without a software product? Which often the answer is yes. And the other piece of it is, is do we need this to the extent that it is you know fundamental to our business right now? Because priorities being what they are you always have to ask yourself the question like yeah this is great it's a problem we could solve with buying this product that's wonderful but do we have the time bandwidth resources to do it is the problem that glaring that we actually need to do it right now or could we spend those allocate those resources to something else in the short term that's more important and have a bigger impact you know across our business and, and avoid buying that product Totally, where I would
2: start. It's not always need, though. Sometimes I will say, sometimes it might just be something that we want to try, you know? Because <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you, like,
0: you like to play with tools. I know. Pro, pro tip: If you have Jonathan, you have to have me on staff to, to avoid your company buying forty-six software products.
2: So spe- specific around, I think, like lead generation and things on those lines. That's where I would say try new things is more of a more of a solve than it would be like on a, on a business case where then you would just kind of look for the needs. But I mean, obviously need is priority number one, but don't be afraid to try a new product to see if that'll drive more dollars in the door because you may not need it, but it could augment your lead generation process.
0: I know. I know you're talking about Grojo right now, I'm pretty sure. Um, Outgrow. <laughs> oh, Grojo. <laughs> oh, Gro. yeah. Gro. That's a <laughs> different yeah, I one. Mean, it, it's a fair point, right? But like even then, I would argue you're still solving a business problem because you're not considering other oh, sources great. to totally. generate leads unless you have a business problem if you're not generating enough leads. True, yeah. Right? And, and in that scenario, you are getting a problem because you're, you're getting a software because you're reasonably certain that that software will help you solve that problem. Or at least you're certain enough to want to try it for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And so so that, that it, I still think you're still going back to a business problem. So, um, all right. So you start there. You've identified. You've got a problem. And the only way to solve it, the only way to solve it for real is going out, getting yourself some software. <laughs> uh, the best ever. Mortar. Right. <laughs> oh, there's there's two camps of ops folks. There's ops folks that just hate buying new softwares because they're like, I just don't want to spend two months implementing something. And then there's ones that just can't wait to geek out with headphones on for eight hours a day for two months over some product they purchase. <laughs> and I are firmly in opposite camps on
2: We keep each other balanced.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean checks and balances. That's of, what it's all about. Yeah, kind of. I just ignore it. Uh, <laughs> Um, but okay, cool. So you've decided that. So then, so then for me, the next step, and and, and you guys tell me if you have a step in between. But it is actually setting out basic business requirements mm-hmm. from there, yep. right? Because I'm not going to actually start evaluating anything until I have that together. What are the most important business requirements for you guys?
2: So top of mind, obviously, we just talked about why do we need this? What is this solving? What what? Yeah, clearly, def- clearly define the problem. Mm-hmm. Defining yeah. what what software this could potentially replace. You've got to outline the dollar amount. Can you attribute a dollar amount to the amount of time saved on your team? Can you attribute a dollar amount to the amount of ROI that it could bring onto the table? All those things you want to evaluate in that process.
0: Totally. Brandon, what would you add on right.
1: there? Right, so there, there's like tech requirements, right? <clears throat> um, but there's, there's um, I think there's also, I don't know what you would call it, but like soft skill or so, like softer pieces that you really can't measure uh, like your team's time to Mm -hmm. implement this stuff or time to actual value um, or time to train your team on it, right? Because enterprise software, there's one buyer and then there's hundreds of users of the product itself. And actually time to manage the change going off of a if you're coming off of a different product and onto a new product right there's there's so much that's involved a lot of people are like yeah we're just going to buy it and then we're going to start using it and it it never ends up like that right it's always a lot more work for the integration it's a lot more work for onboarding it's a lot more work for actually getting people to use it than you think in the first place and yeah. you know pe- people are resistant to change they they like what's what's familiar and what's comfortable. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally, totally, and and some of that I would probably put more in like the next step of the process for me, which is actually evaluating the software. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some of it is like pre, right? You you should have some level of predetermined, like here's what we're comfortable dedicating from a timeline of implementation standpoint. Here's what we're comfortable dedicating these. You should have some level of agreement going into that. That way, when you're evaluating tech, you can say like right up front cool, like you guys say this implementation is going to take two months, we're only comfortable doing 30 days. Like, is that possible or not possible right. with your software, yeah. right? Um, for, for me, though, some of the things that I would circle back on, because I would want agreement on this stuff before I actually start evaluating, is is budget and resources, mm-hmm. for one. Um, if I'm aligned across the in, across the company that this is a problem we need to go solve with software, we should be able to align on some version of a budget. And, and it's probably a ballpark range. And what I mean, when I say by budget, I just I don't mean just money. I actually mean things like invoice schedule, contract terms. I want to I have agreement on that up front. Like, hey, finance team, if I go buy a product, does it have to be quarterly invoicing? Because if it is, I want to know that up front because that's going to come into play in the negotiations, yeah. and that's important. Are we comfortable doing a two-year term with a product that we really like? If not, that also comes into play, right? Align on those things. Timeline, branding, you, you touched on. Timeline, super important. Not just... How do we put like what's A to B? But when do we actually want to put this thing on? Yeah. When, when, when do we want to turn? When do we want to you know turn the ignition on this baby? And what resources
2: uh, are you allocating to turning it on and keeping yeah. it on and keeping it maintained? Right,
0: right. And are we agreed that if we need two months of ops time to do nothing but this, that that's what ops is going to do for two months because <laughs> we need to align that that's the case, uh, which which is often not the case, but something that I would get you know buy in on at the start. Um, integration levels. Like I would actually align on that pre going into evaluating. I would yeah. talk to the company internally and say, "Hey, are we?" When I think of integrations, there's you know no integration at all. There's unilateral integration, so it pushes data into your CRM. There's bilateral, so it can sync and it's pushing data back from from one another. Um, and then there's there's sort of native integration, right, where it's built in there. Align on which ones are important to you, right? Mm-hmm. So there's certain instances where unilateral might be totally fine. Uh, there's there's a lot of instances where. Integration by, you know, native or platform by built within is, is always best. And so if it's a key functionality you want to keep for a long time, have that agreed upon at the start, cause that'll help you sh- make your shortlist, you know, pretty rapidly.
2: Yeah. Don't start your business proposal until you've ironed out those details.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. A thousand percent. Don't even go, don't even go sign up for demos on websites until you've evaluated, like decided what you're going to look for on that. Cause you can find that stuff out without even having a discovery call at the sales rep. Yep. Um, and then Features and functionality. I think that's like start to make a list of what are the key features we're 100% sure we absolutely need as a part of this process. That's going to be pretty flexible, to be honest. Like there's going to be features and functionality that you're just not aware of that you're going to find out is super important to you, but make a short list, make a thing.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I think on that point is like, um, you know, what are those things that we absolutely need? And then what are the kind of nice to haves?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, because right. rate them. Exactly. Exactly. And then you can actually um, compare that to your current solution or maybe evaluating a few at a time, right? You're actually Mm -hmm. kind of looking at them side by side. Um, This one feature or this one product does this feature really well, but this other one is complete crap or our current vendor actually does this just fine. But you have to list all those out and then start to compare those. And actually, you know, Makes me think. One thing that we didn't talk about is um, probably a few steps ago is like, did someone else in your organization already buy this or have a solution for it? Right? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Solid point.
0: Solid point. Go ask that question. Or or ask if you have something similar. Right? Exactly. that can maybe do the trick, because that, that's a very big point, especially big orgs. There's probably a lot of that going on. There's
1: so much of that, exactly. CS yeah. already bought something. The sales team had zero clue, right? So they just
2: <laughs>
0: bought... So that doesn't get budget to buy a tool. No, you're <laughs> right, you're right.
2: <laughs>
1: Sorry, CS.
2: And on the on the converse of that, if if it's a tool you really want, you can kind of circulate around the company and figure out what other departments might find uses out of this tool. So it, totally. it might be a harder sell if you're just trying to get it for the marketing department, but all of a sudden you find out sales, CS, support all need something similar or some type of functionality that it does. That's a lot easier to bring into the company.
0: Totally. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's one of the key things that I would touch on here is is as we're looking at this, what other teams could potentially use it to solve other problems, yeah. right? I'm not buying tech to solve a problem for one team very often. I want to buy tech that's going to solve a lot of problems across my entire organization. Like that's that's fundamental to me, especially in, in buying SaaS because I'm going to pay you in perpetuity for this this <laughs> yeah. product. I don't own it; I'm renting it, and therefore, I need to, I need to justify the cost as broadly as I can. Um, which, which is super important. And that goes back to the features and functionality. What can it actually do for other teams as well? Yeah.
2: PM tools like Asana are a perfect example of that. If you just stand yeah. up that for your own department and don't try to include other departments, you're just as siloed as you were before. So
0: totally even like conversation intelligence software right mm-hmm. like w- most people evaluate it as you know what's the functionality for the sales team for sales coaching and that's 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 great that's the problem it solves most of the time that's its core function but are you solving are you using it to solve your ability to you know coordinate with marketing is marketing have access to it can they listen to annotated phone calls can they go get information out of it to find out you know, what What messaging is working on calls? They can adapt that into theirs. Like, can CS use it to go back and listen to implementation calls to make sure they were good? And and what was of key concern so they can do that? They can go listen to discovery calls. Like, it can solve problems across your organization. Think of it that way, mm-hmm. right? Super important. Um, all right, so... You've got your. You've decided you've got a big problem. You've decided software is the only way to solve it. You've agreed on a budget. You've got a timeline in place. You know your integration requirements. You have a feature list and, and all set up. And you know some potential nice to have. Some some great to haves. It's time to actually evaluate some software. Right. You, you've done this. This is taking you three weeks. And now you get to do Jonathan's favorite part, which is schedule 46 demos (laughs) for a three-week sprint. And you're going to do nothing but see sales tech. And by the way, Jonathan, I think you like this because you schedule the demos and you like the tool and then you loop me in. And if we decide not to buy it, I'm on the hook to tell them no.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Jordan's the bad guy. You never
0: have to be the bad guy. I love it. But I always (laughs) have to be the bad guy.
2: Bad cop, and, good cop. It, it's what works.
0: Uh, yeah, but this is why I hate it. Like, it's always me saying, "Yeah, like it's cool," but no thanks Yeah,
2: Jordan hates us, uh, so he doesn't want us to get tools. Sorry, so no. so guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, what happens. But, but that goes to my first point. When you go to evaluate software, don't don't overinvest in the initial round of discovery and demo. And sales reps you're working with are going to push you for this. They're going to ask, like, "Hey, like, great, we got that discovery call set up." Can we get X Y Z? You know, head of head of sales ops, head of revenue, head of uh, sales, head of marketing on that first call. We want to make sure we have all the right people. They're always going to ask, and they're just doing their job. That's wonderful. I, of course, our sales reps ask to get the right people on too. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of money, right? It's, pick a tiger team. Pick pick one ops person, one key stakeholder. And have them go out and evaluate that first round. Mm-hmm. Like and maybe it's you know, if it's a sales if it's a more sales-oriented problem, maybe it's you know, a, a director of sales and Jonathan are gonna go evaluate ten tools and figure out which three are their top list to shortlist for the rest of us. Because otherwise, I'm spending a lot of money as a business, you know, investing ten people on all these calls, which is crazy. That that's where I would start. And then what, what other key tips do you guys have in evaluating?
2: I'd say the one of the biggest is don't get tunnel vision don't see a product and then all of a sudden think that's the product for me I'm not gonna go look at any of their competitors that happens so often in tech where you just you see something and you can't unsee it and that's all you see and you buy it and then all of a sudden six months later you're like ah oh, this tool is a little cheaper and it does a little more for me so don't be that guy True. Or, yeah yeah
0: exactly. Other other point to add to that is don't see a crap product and then see one that's decent and think it's the greatest because <laughs> that, that, that often happens too. You see something, you're like, what What are you guys doing? And then you see one that's like middle of the pack, and you're like, this is the end all be all greatest tool that ever existed because <laughs> compared to the other one, so again, yeah, like it's not, it's not apples to apples comparison it's you're looking at a broader group as a whole yeah
2: so sometimes you have to think like that though because like if you're not an enterprise shop you're not gonna be able to afford some of these huge high dollar products so sometimes you do kind of have to live with a little lesser than what you would hope you'd you'd get totally
0: right it goes back to budget yeah it goes back to budget Mm. which is why you would align on that before you get into that so Mm -hmm. so but like let's do this so so you've decided how you're going to evaluate and you've got all the demos set up you're taking demos you know aside from features which is obviously you know like the core thing you're evaluating and budget let's just disregard that what are like key considerations you would have when evaluating software
2: yeah i think you definitely want when you're ready when you've got a handful of finalists maybe two or three get your get your top two or three going get an rfp out there make sure you're covering your bases on the it security side if you've got a stringent it security department that's always a big one especially in like financial services insurance healthcare. care those ones are very important to make sure you get sign off from oh, well, your right. it department um that totally. would be a, a huge one just get rfps out there get your important questions answered People I'm,
0: are gonna hate you for saying RFP. I just I, want to. Point
2: that I, out. I mean, I, I know like, <laughs>
1: Me myself, I'm like, I hate it when people yeah, are like, Can you "It, a, it yeah, sucks." Yeah, exactly. it absolutely sucks. Uh, it's
2: more on the enterprise side. Like on, on the SMB side, we rarely deal with RFPs. So if you're at an enterprise <laughs> company, you probably hear about it all the time. On the SMB space, you probably don't hear about RFPs too often. So don't send an RFP unless you really have to, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Good course but, correction. I mean, you, you made, can kind of get yeah. get your RFP done with an email. You don't have to make it super formal and 200 questions on an Excel doc. You can you can just get a few questions answered in an email. That could kind of work as totally. an RFP process.
0: Totally, Brandon, what else?
1: I mean one thing that comes to mind immediately is like integrations, right? Like does mm. this actually integrate with Huge. all of my systems or is it going to be a black box? I, like that's the last thing that I want. And I know it's something that all devops people like think about all the time is how can I actually get the data that I need from that system into the system that everyone uses, Salesforce, right? So that yes. now I can report on it. Um, everyone else has clear visibility into it. Um, and I, I would really do a deep dive on the, the actual integrations, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah. And then I, I think about other things too, like what's the level of support that you're going to get? Or how yeah, that's right. Like how easy is it going to be to troubleshoot? if something arises or do I look
0: like exactly
1: exactly or do I have to like get in touch with the CSM and jump you know schedule a call for next week and then we dive in and figure it out well do I get a
0: CSM do I get (laughs) that's that's a good point is it
2: just me or when companies offer chat support I just feel so much warmer.
1: (laughs) That means means you're not not paying enough
2: money to actually have a dedicated TSA. Well, (laughs) yeah, it depends on what you're buying. But I mean, like (laughs) HubSpot does a fantastic job with their support. And any time of day, you just ping them and they're right there helping you out. It is a wonderful support team.
0: Yeah. And I hate hate the, uh, like, I want a dedicated person, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to email support at your URL. It just kills me internally. What I what I do when it happens is I send that email and then I bitch about you for twenty minutes, which is not which is not great for you long term. Uh, which would go back to what piling on to what Brandon's talking about when I think about. Uh, like integration level and some of those sort of things, longevity for me is super, super important. And I think about, is it integrating into the tools? Because if it's not, it still might solve my problem, but I'm going to move off it in a year. Mm-hmm. Like The longevity of our relationship is going to be short, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. And,
0: and product roadmap. Like If your product roadmap doesn't align to what I'm going to need in the next three to five years, also not a, not a good win for me right mm. like that that's hugely important
1: yeah that's oh, that's man. one of the big things that i had like will this product grow with my company right as yeah. i grow yeah. and the
2: best yeah. the best support reps i've ever had are ones that actually take an active interest in what we're trying to do they're bringing ideas to the table they're taking yeah, what yeah. other customers have done successfully and saying hey we should probably try this cuz my other customer did really well with this so are they totally. a trusted expert mm-hmm.
0: To, to pile onto the support knowledge base, you know that that sort of piece usability super important. Mm. I can offset some bad support if the usability is fantastic. That, that's very true, right? Mm. If this is a, a user friendly product that I can be ramped on in an hour, I, I don't really care about your support team that much anymore. <laughs> that's fine <laughs> if it's it's simple. Um, any other ones you guys want to add on? Mm.
1: Uh, Probably. Well, maybe last your- last point. I
0: have- I have one really good one. You guys are just totally missing it. I'm super disappointed. Uh, my
1: you. my guess would be managing it, uh, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> really open the
0: outline and saw that that said that. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> 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 Say more words. Yeah. So I like how how easy is it going to be to actually maintain this thing? Like, is is it going to be one person's job every week to go in and you know, what? whatever it is, like tinker with the system or make yeah. sure people are using it or do the training, like, or is it going to be something that relatively you can kind of set it and forget it. Maybe you're revisiting it once a month or whatever. Right. It's just like, mm-hmm. how, how easy is it to actually manage this entire platform or software?
0: It's, it's- such an important piece when you start to think of it from an overall budget perspective because if 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 i ask you like what's the overall time requirements on a weekly basis to manage this tech and you say 15 minutes or you say 5 hours one of those costs me as a business an extra $50,000 a year right? yeah yeah because 5 hours of ops time a week is a an expensive amount of time is what it is, and, and it's costing me more than that business-wise because that time could be used to fix other problems and solve other things instead. it's actually slowing my business growth, and so it's not just the salary cost; it's just the overall impact on the business is too much. It's just too much. So huge, hugely important, Jonathan. You're just nodding. You, just, said, you can't just nod. I said yeah. You were good. <laughs> I said
1: yeah.
0: Um, All right. Any other last thoughts on that before I slide in to the next thing? I think
1: think, we know that.
0: All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that like, was a but lot. So, it's a lot of boxes to check if I'm going to buy some software. Jonathan knows that. Yeah. I say no. It's 150 <laughs> times out of 151. So, um anybody listening, if you're prospecting me, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> 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 like I see co- tools and I'm like it's super cool, but like no, um,
1: <laughs> that's too much work. I don't want to pitch Jordan on our product <laughs> anymore. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm gatekeeper. It's, it's not. It's not great. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then and then Jonathan pitches me and I go, no. <laughs> um, all right, so you've got a short list. So now we've gone through this whole process, right? You decided you had a problem. You needed software to fix it. You set up your, your business requirements. You did that first round of reviews. You got all the way through those 10. you picked two or three and you're ready to go on deciding which of these two or three. And You probably have a presumptive favorite, but what other things would you do at this level to say, hey – This is the one of these three that we're going to go to.
2: So I think you'd want to start with a pro con analysis. And depending on the tool and who's using the tool, you'd probably want to include at least anybody who's seeing the demo and has any say in whether or not you're getting the tool to evaluate your finalists and kind of evaluate which ones are favorite and why, which function, Make sure everybody's checking the boxes as far as what you're interested in and as far as feature sets. And then you can kind of score each product, and then that'll help you kind of guide your decision and also create alignment amongst the team because you don't want to pick a tool just because you like it, but the rest of your team liked another tool. That's just going to create a ton of friction within your department.
0: Totally fair. Brandon?
2: Yeah, no,
1: I I, I do think um, just making sure everything, like you have all of your... Um, You've mapped all your initiatives and mapped all your business problems and outcomes um, to the actual, uh, you know, the 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 tool that you're evaluating, right? It's like, okay, w- there, we came up with this list weeks ago or whatever. Now we saw the demo. Now let's actually... Revisit that list and just make sure that the, those those use cases are actually um, and those uh, it's actually business drivers the it, ex- yeah. exactly exactly. It's like yeah. th- I think so many people just get enamored with just like they they showed me a dashboard that, you know and it was really cool and sexy and I guess it kind of checks one box or they don't even dive into like okay yeah. how easy was it to set up that dashboard right of right. course it's going to look beautiful in a demo. But then you actually buy the product and it's like, oh, I have to wait six months before I get enough data to actually, you know, give me any any insights on how this dashboard is helping us perform, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's uh, looking at does it actually solve, like going back to step one and saying, here was what we set out to solve. How well are we solving it? Is it
1: actually solving? Exactly.
0: Super important here. And then... By the way, this is a great poise, place to say what other problems can we solve with it? Cuz you've been looking mm, yeah. at that through the whole process. Now you've got your short list of 3 and now break it out. Okay, we solved that problem. This one also solves four other problems. This one solves two other problems. This one solves one other problem. Like you got a pretty good indicator of which one you want to go with then, right? Like it's a great way to think about it. Start go back to literally the start and and revisit that first per- that place.
2: Absolutely. And then I think the fun part Comes when you've got your fi- your two finalists ready, and you can start pitting them against each other when negotiations start. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> so the,
0: there's a thing here, by the way, that is actually important to note because I this this it gets me every time, and I, I don't think people think about it. Is comparing price to value is is super important, mm-hmm. right? So if you go back and you say, "Hey, this one solves five problems. This one solves two, but this one's half the price." Super important to look at that. Mm-hmm. Because of your budget, right? The other thing here that's that I think people miss is oftentimes people will buy a product and they'll be like, well, we bought 30 seats, but they gave us buy buy one, get one free. So, you know, it's 50% off that first year. <laughs> Year two, you're paying full price and you're yeah. buying this for seven years, right? You're not like, <laughs> don't evaluate just the price they gave you in first year. It's software as a service, it's an ongoing expense. And if they gave you a 50% discount, the price is doubling next year. If they gave you a 10% discount and it's the same price, the price is not doubling next year. That will be the cheaper product next year by a significant margin which are things that are very important to think about.
2: And especially if it's a product like a marketing automation platform or a intent data product, getting in and out of those products is a very difficult process as far as implementation. Totally. So
0: Right. Which is why they do that 50% yeah. discount. We're going to get you in, get you on it. and You are not going to leave you. <laughs> yeah, you <can't laughs> if
1: you're stuck. It, it, it's
0: a brilliant pricing model and most people don't think about it, but it's super important mm-hmm. because that your software costs will overinflate in year two, year three of contracts otherwise, which is super problematic for your ability to buy additional software products in the future, which is, which is tough. Um, then And then past that for me, things like uh, um, legal, security, privacy, data, integrity, that sort of stuff that Jonathan already touched on is super important, right? In terms um, of service, that I, yeah,
2: that's a big one.
0: Yeah, in terms of service, like actually getting through all that stuff and making sure that they're going to work with you on it and, and line it up to you. If you're a SOC2 org and you're buying something that's going to be you know, a data processor, you want to make sure they're SOC2, that sort yeah, of stuff.
2: GDPR, uh, I, CCPA, yeah, big ones.
0: Yeah, su- super, super important that, that you have the infrastructure there to support. One thing that I do here, by the way, and I'll tell you guys this, every list. They'll, they'll probably think i'm the world's biggest asshole so say jonathan comes to me and he's evaluated this whole process he's gotten here and he's like, here's my top three i will pick the cheapest one every <laughs> time and tell jonathan i think we'll go with this one even if it's his third pick and if he pushes back really hard i was just seeing how hard he would push
1: back
0: <laughs> like because if i say it and he goes oh yeah that's great that'll be fine like, cool. Like there wasn't that much of a difference between them. I'll, I'll use the cheaper one. Like, right. Like that, that's the reality. It, it, but if Jonathan comes back and goes, Oh no, like that one, it won't do the things we need to do. Like that's, that's, you're making the wrong choice. Cool. Perfect. You feel passionate about that. You think this is the best tool. Like, I just want to test that that's real. And you're not just being chased by a shiny object essentially, because that happens. Right. And it's a good way to do that. Cause shiny object syndrome, you won't argue with me if you're just fascinated by a shiny object, but you will argue with me if you really think it's the best tool for the problem.
2: I think it it keeps that person honest too like cuz yeah. you get excited, you get motivated by, you know, a new tech and then if somebody asks you those pointed questions, like you're going to answer them honestly and then those honest answers can kind of like bring out the the truth in you and get you out of those blind those rosy-colored blinders that you got on.
0: Good. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I how many times have I messaged you when you, we've done this process or you said that? And I said, cool, type it up in a document and send it to me. Yeah. And, and, and then you either do or you don't. And when you do not I think, yeah, it's not that important. yeah It must not have been, like, the difference must not have There have been times where you did type up, like, a two-page thing and sent it yeah. over. I'm like, all right, like, Fair he really, enough. he really, truly believes in this. And that, that makes a big difference, right? For point. me, yeah. at least, that's like, I actually want to buy in. So everybody that's the gatekeeper. I, I highly recommend that. Jonathan, now you know that. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm going to use that this to my advantage.
0: I probably never should have told you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you were going to figure it out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I had an idea. I had to you for two years. So. <laughs> if not, we got problems. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to add on to this?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Cool. Maybe maybe one more thing. Here, here I go with maybe one more thing again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like if um, I, 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 so this goes back to like pricing. Now we're talking about the other side of it. Right. It's like, how can I get discounts? Oh, that's true. Right. So I don't know, was it last episode or a few episodes ago we talked about actually the other side being the seller and not offering discounts, but um, I think we all know that software these days, like it just kind of comes with the territory, right? Like mm. I, yeah. I, I kind of expect a discount these days. But there are things that you can do to get a discount, like offer your team doing a case study, offer your team doing G2 reviews, uh, things like that. Or you can negotiate yeah. other terms like this is what it's going to be the second year too. like a lot of people just negotiate the first year of their contract mm-hmm. and they don't think about the second year and the second year i mean we're talking we just talked about that like the second year is what really gets you right yeah. so it's uh, don't don't forget about uh, trying to negotiate some some uh, discount yeah. there. there's, there's
0: a there's a handy thing that very few people do when it comes to year two year three year four i'm gonna like Piss off a ton of software companies so today. Um, no, you, you, you can you can ask, because every every one of these agreements has an auto-renew clause, right? Yeah. Every one of them does. You can ask to add on to the auto-renew clause that they're capped in their ability to raise your price in subsequent yes. contracts based on no more than three yes. to five percent, mm. or even tie it to the consumer price index, which mm. is a very easy one for companies to tie to. You can increase no more than the annual CPI increase, right? Which is usually around three to five percent. And you can ask for that and they will typically always do it. And I would tell you this, that if you get a 10% discount with a no more than a 3% increase in price year over year in perpetuity, that's a better contract than a 15% discount with no cap on increases. Because that 15% contract is going to be expensive in year two and the other one is not going to raise that much mm-hmm. year over year. And so it's, it's a really easy thing to do and companies will typically agree to it. I've actually very rarely ever had a company say no to that uh, just because they're trying to close the business, right? Yeah. And, 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 and it's, and, and so I would ask for it all the time. Now, the, the times you'll get them to say no is when they give you that 50% discount. And then you have a pretty clear indicator what their plans are for you, too. <laughs> yeah. If, yep. they're, if they're saying yeah. no,
1: oof. Yeah, I, t- I uh, think it's a really good point. Just that, like if you're signing a multi-year contract, what are those terms, right? Like yeah, yeah. there have been times where we signed the contract and then the next the renewal comes up and – It's written in that's a ten percent increase in price automatically, and we're like, "What the? (laughs) (laughs) You bastards!"
0: Important things things to review. review. Yeah, yeah. Whoever's running your deal desk internally for your business, have them review this contract. it's it's fair.
2: Um, All right, so move us forward. The final thing I think we (laughs) did not mention in this process. The social proof aspect. If you especially mm. on somebody who's mm. you know twenty, thirty K plus product, you wanna make sure you're covering your bases. So ask them if they've got a reference that you can talk to or go out and try to find a reference and make sure you've you're covering your bases that way. It's not always gonna happen, but it's a good thing when it does.
0: I support the latter and not the former for what it's worth. Asking True. asking for references, like they're just gonna connect you with the two people who are the happiest. Yeah.
2: Or they're giving <laughs> yeah. the best discount too. Right, yeah. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, but I do support, and I've done this. Go, go look at their customer list online, and they'll have some. You know, like, here's here's our the, the thirty customers or whatever. Go find somebody at those companies who's actually using that product. Message them on LinkedIn and ask them for a reference. Like that, that's really easy to do, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna like get the one that they're like, yeah, this person's the happiest. Let's send them over, because mm-hmm. otherwise you're just wasting time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. really wild point. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Like, honestly, I've got a decent network, so I always go out and I ask people in my network. Or if you're part of something like Revenue or uh, Pavilion, right? Like, there's a channel dedicated just to technology and buying technology. People, people like Jonathan love that channel and geek out about (laughs) that stuff.
0: Uh, kill me. Yes. Absolutely. Kill me. <laughs> a
1: channel full of Jonathan. It's, it's a man. wonderful world.
2: Uh,
0: uh, I think it's just marketing ops in general. They've had too much tech for too long, <laughs> so they're just used to like, buying technology. Yeah. Everybody else who came from like sales ops or CS ops is like, we did this on spreadsheets four years ago. <laughs> exactly.
2: like, I'm just happy to have something. <laughs>
0: yeah. like We've got tools. We've got three or four of them. Great. That's awesome. We're set. <laughs> All right, I'm segueing us. This week on LinkedIn, uh, I've got this question actually quite a few times, and we had a whole Whiskey Happy Hour about it yesterday, by the way, awesome Whiskey Happy Hour. Um, that was that was great. Uh, this week on LinkedIn, so what key metrics do you track when it comes to conversation intelligence? By the way, I actually got this message after that, and I was minorly upset because <laughs> I, I almost didn't use it because they said, what key metrics do you track when it comes to conversation intelligence to make sure you're getting the most out of tools like
2: uh, Gong and Cork? Gross. Forth? Uh, and I was like, "How are you gonna? How are you
0: gonna message me after our whiskey happy hour?" What is this? Asking me about two competitors? Was this
2: 2005? <laughs> you're in Gongsil? Come on, guys! Yeah, right, right,
0: right, come on. <laughs> yeah, get out of here! What are you doing? Also, like, you're not our whiskey happy hour. You see my time You're messaging me on LinkedIn. You know we have conversation. What are you doing? What are you, do? what are you, do? what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, man. So, so I, almost, I almost didn't use it. Our, ours is better, by the way, for everybody listening. So use ours. Obviously. <laughs> Conversa- ours is literally called conversation intelligence. He used the phrase. Anyways, <laughs> I don't <digress. laughs> the, the question still tan- stands. What key metrics do you track when it comes to conversation intelligence to make sure you're getting the best out of the tool? Mm. And, uh, and I can start on this one. Or you guys can start. Whatever you want.
1: I was going to say, I think there are two aspects of this, right? So there's really two uh, big like people who benefit from this is the reps. And then there's the coaches and the managers, right? There's the management. So I'll start off with saying management should really be like, you should be tracking how many calls are reviewed, how many calls do get annotated, stuff like that. Right. How 100%. many percent, right. It's a, I think that's a very, very overlooked one. I think it's an, I think it's the most important one. Oh, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I absolutely would argue that. Why do you buy these really tools?
1: Review. Exactly. Yeah. You know?
0: Like if, you're you're buying these tools to try to create a culture of coaching. Yep. that's the reality, mm-hmm. right? Like you want a culture, right? And if you're not setting KPIs for your managers to coach a certain number of times, or listen to a certain number of calls, annotate a certain number of things, you're not going to create a culture of coaching. Yep, that's just the yep. the reality of that scenario because people time is a hard thing. How much time can I dedicate to this? Like. You can dedicate a lot more if it's in your KPIs. I promise. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so, and if and if we're tracking for it and celebrating when people hit those KPIs and coach really well, like that—that's that's, that's going to create the culture. That's the most important thing, but anyways. So so totally agree with that one. What's next?
2: I think how much how much is the rep talking? How much are they talking too much? Too little? Just right? I know
0: I fail this one all the time. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's tough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're like they're pacing. That those are things, very important things to analyze because that's that – I can give you a lot of insight into why they're doing something right or wrong.
0: Yeah, like number of monologues is a super powerful one. Uh, number of monologues by the person they're talking to, super powerful. Just overall like rep etiquette on the phone, mm-hmm. I think. You, mm-hmm. you talk about like tone, pace, monologuing, interruptions, filler words, open-ended questions. Those things would all fall into that sort of like etiquette bucket. And I think that I think all of that is you know sort of wildly important when you start to look at this.
2: Yeah, understanding where they're stumbling, where they're or they're having troubles, that's a big one to point out. If they're saying "I'm a lot" in a certain section, drill into why.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a rep that was using "got it" all the time. So you'd say (laughs) something, and they'd say "got it," and then the person would stop talking. And I was because God it ends the yeah, ends the, yeah, that's the a thought, good one. right like oh I under, it says I understand stop talking let's move uh-huh. on
2: whereas
0: <laughs> like it was like oh okay like pr- proceed right mm-hmm. like you want you want the other person to keep talking God it ends you and so like things like that like identifying that because that's the keyword showing up the most because you're measuring etiquette and watching those things changes how that rep's day to day looks like mm-hmm. so now now that person can book more meetings and, and have more result just from one simple tweak because you're watching etiquette so it's super powerful
2: yeah. and are, are you asking questions that get no's is kind of along those lines you don't want to ask questions to hear no especially when it comes or
0: to- yes or just yeah. yes yeah. like you want open-ended questions yeah. right yeah but no i totally agree but i i, I would go back to if I had to respond to this, and I'm going to send him a response, that's going to be cheeky because it's a core. I would say I don't think there's a way to get the most out of tools like gong and core. Uh, Truth. Anyways, this is, the, this, is the, this is the most annoyed I was at a LinkedIn message. But, um, uh, anyways, uh, my number one thing would still be what Brandon said, which is you know the creating a culture of coaching by tracking the manager side of the the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So,
1: anything else you want to add, Brandon? Well, when it comes to the conversation etiquette um, metrics, I think it's really important to note that like one size does not fit all. We know here that talk rate can vary depending on your role, also depending on geo. So, for example, our best-performing SDRs talk faster. Our best-performing AEs actually talk slower. They're doing a different job, right? Mm-hmm. So it really depends. You you can't like read a gong report and say, you had to talk at this speed. Now everyone talks at that mm-hmm. speed. When that could be very particular to just one role or one person right. or one geo, right? You really yeah. have to figure out what makes the most sense for your teams and for your individuals. You know, it yeah. can't be just one thing fits all.
0: Almost almost even what's the what's the right thing for the objective of the call. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you think about it, even like when well, you SDR to AE is really easy to envision because SDR is trying to book a meeting, AE is trying to you know move a deal forward. But that's I, I would I would wager if you really looked at the analytics of this that pacing varies in effectiveness based on whether it's a discovery call or a demo exactly right? because they're two very different things Extremely There's a different objective different. coming out of that. Right. And, and those that that's a really important point is, is measuring that is, is extremely valuable because you can coach people appropriately.
2: Yeah. And I think you can also look at the level of seniority within the company as to how much time you even may have with them. If it's a super high SVP at a company, you're not going to have much time. So you're probably going to need to t- get your elevator pitch in pretty quick versus like if you're talking to a marketing operations manager, you might have a little more time.
0: It's fair. Yeah, it's a fair call. The 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 inverse, whoever's receiving the call. Anything else you guys want to add? John, Brandon, this is where you do the like, maybe one, uh, more, one thing. more thing. <laughs> one,
1: one more thing.
0: I love that you always start it with maybe because it's not <laughs> yeah. like there's like 50, 50 chance there's going to be one more thing. Yeah, it's there's a 100% chance there's going to be another thing. <laughs> like, I, I would love it someday if you just said maybe one more thing. No, nah, nope, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 there's not one more. All right. That's it for That's today. It. Um, this was awesome. Thank you guys for, for going through this with me. Um, everybody listening. Give us five stars. Shoot us your questions for this week on LinkedIn. Follow Brandon and myself on LinkedIn. Jonathan hasn't posted in three weeks. Don't follow him. Oh, he us. hasn't we'll it. Anyways, <laughs> um, but give us five stars. Write us a review. Shoot us your questions for this week on LinkedIn. And anybody who wants to be guests guest who's listening, we're going into guest series. If you got a great case study of, of some awesome RevOps stuff you did, we'd love to have you on. And we can talk about that. So shoot me an email. Shoot me a message. And, and we will uh, get that sorted out. Thanks, guys. All
1: right. Until and, next uh, we'll
0: week. See you right next week. Yep. See you guys.